This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show. Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. Sherry, one of my closest friends since I came in the rooms, tell us your story. And I'll, I'll ask questions probably, and I'll want to talk about stuff that pops up, but like, you don't have to answer any questions that you don't want to answer, right? So if you don't want to tell them about our night in Canmore, you don't have to tell them about our night in Canmore. Like you the don't pizza have, incident? The pizza incident, yeah. Yeah. Well, now I want to know about the night in Canmore. Oh, no, you don't even, Darcy, you don't Yeah, you even. Did, it, was a, it was a... Nobody got lucky and nobody. we starved. And we hours. starved to fucking death because... The pizza took five and a half hours to get there. In Canmore. In Canmore. Well, I bet that was good pizza when I caught it. It was awful, actually. Yeah. Wow. We would have. We were better off eating the cardboard. Yeah. It came in. Yeah. It was, we don't. I don't even know how that happened, but it was a. It was a mess. Yeah. In Canmore, that's yeah. not even that big. No, literally the you pizza place. Pizza and, drove back. and it was summertime, yeah. so you can't even blame the roads. Nope. And the Domino's Pizza there is literally two blocks down the road from where I was staying, <laughs> See, where we were staying. Yeah, that, yeah. Is. that is so funny. It was not good. So you're one of my closest friends, even though we don't talk all the time. Lately, we've gotten more back in touch, which is wonderful. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. Me too. Yeah. And so tell us about yourself. Who are you? My name is Sherry, and I am an alcoholic. Ooh. Hi, Sherry. That's part of my jam. Mm-hmm. I'm a mother of three. And uh, in January, I uh, I turned 15 years sober. Woohoo! I am uh, 46, 46 years old. Uh, I have three children, an ex-husband, and uh, a very loving mother who is my best friend. And uh, cool. Those are the big parts of my my life. I've, I've lived a, a blessed life. Um, I'm going to start at the very, very beginning. My very first life memory is of my drunken father uh, beating my mother with a belt. Mm. I was an infant still crawling and I don't know why I remember it, but I remember the bedspread and I remember Interesting. my mother screaming for help. Yeah. And uh, I also mm. believe that uh, alcoholism um, is hereditary. Mm-hmm. 
I think you can catch it too. <laughs> if you're in the right circumstance. <laughs> I think you can. It's, it's definitely contagious. Yeah. I think in my case, it's, yeah. it's hereditary. There's, there's some history of it, uh, both sides of my, my bloodlines, um, my mother's and my father's. I, uh, I'll move forward. Uh, we left my father when I was a little over two years old. Mm. She endured uh, uh, just a horrific marriage um, with a, an alcoholic yeah. who actually drove city bus at the time. So that's... that's Here in a, town? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Were you so born and raised here in Calgary? I was born in Calgary in the Foothills Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was born here. Um, my mother's side of the family uh, are farmers from outside of uh, Penhold, which is outside of Red Deer up Highway 2. Mm-hmm. I, uh, at the age of four, my mom started sending me on the bus by myself to talk the bus driver's ear off on the way up to the farm. <laughs> and I would go up there every other weekend. And uh, in my school years, I spent all my long weekends and holidays at the farm uh, with my grandparents, who had guardianship of my cousin, Michael, who is exactly four months uh, aged different from from me. And uh, so he was, uh, I mean, I don't have any siblings. I'm an only child, but he was the closest I came Mm. growing up, right? Yeah. And we bonded quite a bit as children, you know, um, (laughs) we endured our mother's uh, choices in men and life decisions, and that made life pretty interesting as little kids. We saw some things we probably shouldn't have um, from just awful men. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that being said, uh, at the farm, as my mom and I fondly refer to it, it, it was a different story. It was literally like little house on the prairie mm-hmm. for a few days. Um, my uncle and his wife lived, you could walk across the field and mm-hmm. that's where they lived. And they had 2.2 kids and they lived this, this perfect life. And then, uh, on Mondays or after holidays, I would come back to the city and live with my single mom. And we lived really humble and, uh, but she was wonderful. There was always, dinner was always on the table. I always had clothes on my back. She, she worked pretty hard. And, uh, that's the majority of my childhood. Um, I'll throw into from grade one to grade seven. I was bullied by the same group of women, girls. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. just bizarre. And I never knew why. And I still don't know. Really? And yeah. And so uh, how long did they bully you for? For from grade one to grade seven, really, yeah, Jesus. And then at the end of grade seven, I I got into a fight and I actually won. <laughs> it was nice. Pretty, it was pretty bizarre, yeah. And I walked away thinking, you guys suck, you know, because then they're all like, oh, you know, you need backup, blah blah blah. And you're like, yeah. uh, I just gotta go. I just gotta go. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> and uh, and you uh, suck. Yeah. So by the end of grade seven, um, okay, uh, my first drunk was at lunchtime in grade six um, in our group. You were 11. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, <laughs> we, all, we, had a, we had a click going on, mm-hmm. boys and girls, and all us girls decided to go to my friend Tanya's house and raid her mother's liquor cabinet, which we really, we really, really did. And we all went back to school hammered. 
And uh, she took the rap, got suspended, and uh, the rest of us threw up, went home, and got in trouble from our parents. Yeah. That was not a lovely situation. Anyway. Did you like it, though, like the first time? I loved it. I thought, yeah. what an amazing feeling. What Isn't an amazing... Isn't it strange, eh? It was just awesome. It's I like mean... falling in love, eh? Yeah, yeah, even throwing up, I was like, that's okay, right? Yeah. It's my first time. Of course I threw up. Big, big deal. And then... Uh, we throw up many more times. A few, <laughs> a few days after that, I suppose, maybe when our hangovers had, had you know, we had healed a bit... Um, um, my best friend Didi and I did a pinky swear that we would never drink ever, ever. And, uh, it didn't take clearly. <laughs> it did not take. And, uh, so going into grade seven, not going to drink. Um, I started smoking cigarettes at nine. So going into grade seven, I was going to quit smoking too. And just be like a good kid. Oh right? my God. By the time I, you were in grade seven, you'd been smoking for what? Like two years, two or three, two yeah. or three years. Like, and you're like thinking about quitting. Yeah. That's awesome. Isn't that awful? <laughs> it's so fun, but it's so funny because it's, so it's true, up. right? Like, yeah. 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 And started, you know, like French inhaling at yeah. 10 and Doing all the cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in the Simons Valley mall. Uh, yeah. Uh, bathroom when that was a mall. I remember sneaking smokes too. I can remember that. Yeah, up on yeah. Center Street and 64th. Yeah, anyway. So, so dumb. Um, yeah, so I was going to go into grade seven with this new attitude and like these grand intentions. I'm not going to drink. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to be a good kid, you know? Focus on my swimming and my academics. And none of that happened. None of that happened. <laughs> By the end of grade seven, pretty much... Not a big drinker, but a mm-hmm. full-blown pothead. Full-blown. Yeah. Box of life, you know what I mean? Like, couldn't live without it. Could not live without it. Um, the first time I ever smoked a pot from a pipe was, uh, that's actually a funny thing. So my buddy Andrew uh, brought over some weed, and he's like, try this instead. So he puts it in the pipe and hands it to me, and I took like three huge poles, and I oh. was like, I'm not getting anything. And so he checks it, obviously he has a pole and hands it back to me and says, do it again. And then, so I do a couple more and nothing, nothing. And he was like, swallow. So I did. And I like hot boxed my entire duplex <laughs> and choked for about half an hour. It was pretty epic. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. We laughed pretty good about that. He was I bet a good you guy. did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Extra funny because you smoke some pot. That's, now I'm high, so now it's really funny. Yeah, right? like, like super funny. And it's Andrew. We were having a good time. Right? Yeah. He was a good guy. He was one of my it good It becomes, friends. I peed my pants funny at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I probably did. I'm a peer. I almost peed I'm right now when you're telling me it. the story. I want to pee right now. Yeah. I just about did. Maybe a little bit. You probably did a little bit. <laughs> so by the end of grade seven, I'm a full-blown pothead. Over the summer, I'm back to the farm, right? Trying to act normal and whatever. Anyway, grade eight, not great. <laughs> not great at all. I, uh, I smoke a lot of weed. I smoke a lot of weed in grade eight. And I, uh, I skipped a lot. I used to write these notes, you know, signed by, you know, my fictional mother and, and just skip. I remember when uh, Bo and Hope got married on Days of Our Lives and her grad, like I skipped these days. You know, you get a hot knife and you know, dig it, right? Get dressed up for the wedding. Ah, oh, just I skipped for 
And, and I didn't mind being alone. I really didn't mind being alone. At, at this point, uh, Dee Dee and Tanya aren't, they're not my, really my friends. They've sort of disowned me for this other group of horrible creatures. And uh, I spend a lot of time alone or with just random people. And, and uh, you know, you, you go to the odd party, whatever. But it's all teenagers, and I just think it's just mundane and immature and I'm not interested I'm not interested there's conflict all the time it's just ridiculous so end of grade eight comes and uh, I haven't passed <laughs> I haven't passed I think my highest mark was a 44 mm -hmm. like just and I'm not interested I don't care I don't want to come back yeah. I don't like the people that I go to school with I like you know maybe four people and none of them are headbangers or and you know what mm -hmm. I mean they're not into what I'm into but they're kind and they're wonderful. And, uh, and I'm not interested and I'm not going back. I'm not going to repeat eight and I'm not going back to school. I'll get a job and I'm done. And so you do the whole meet with a truancy officer. And I stood my ground on it. I wouldn't back down. My poor mother, my poor mother. Yeah. My poor, poor mother. I put her through the ringer. So I, I quit. I get a job at McDonald's. I'm the fry guy. And, uh, Got a drug dealer as a boyfriend who has a car. That's I like don't, a perfect setup. Yeah. It's perfect. I don't, I don't need these immature little assholes that are in my junior high, and I don't care. I have no interest in them. None. I'm tired of being picked on, and I'm tired of the conflict and the attitude and mm -hmm. who was abused. I don't care. I don't care. And uh, that's my life for my most of my teen years. Um, just before my 16th birthday... I, uh, <laughs> only the old people will remember this place, Frankie and Johnny's North. I, uh, I couldn't get in upstairs, so I started drinking in peepers downstairs with a guy named Mike. And, uh, one night it just occurred to me, I'm going up the back stairs and Mike was like, you go, right? He steered me on from the gyno row and go for it. And from gyno row. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, for sure. Right. And so That's up I go. That's a at a strip place. Darcy. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, he he's knows. He's a guy. He's a guy. He's like, I lived in Gyno Road. Right? Have you ever been to a strip club? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I have. Obviously, maybe, I have. Maybe once. Who doesn't know Gyno Road? <laughs> so I go up the back steps to the Beacon, and they let me in, and I never left. And uh, I drank in that bar for years. I had a great time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like my playground. And... Uh, Ron, the bartender slash bouncer, always had my back, and uh, I just had a great time. And um, somebody else who I was quite fond of in my teen years was a man named Dave King, who, I don't know, man, he was like a big brother to me and saved my ass so many times at after-bar parties and other bars I would go to where I just didn't know anybody, and Worst cock blocker in the world. I hated him. I'd be like, dude, I like this guy. And he's like, yeah, but you're going home, right? You're done. And uh, I guess I kind of did skip between 14 to 15. I, I did do a lot of acid. I, I hung out downtown in the Express Cafe and stuff. And oh, good God. Yeah, I did a lot of acid. Yeah. Yeah. It was a scary place. Very scary place. Lots of people falling down the stairs in there. If yeah. you're high, that's a good time. 
The stilettos coming the down those big stairs. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Out of the bathroom, remember? Yeah. That was a good time. If you were super high, super good time. Watch them wobble <laughs> and down they go. Down goes Frazier. It was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. It was a good time. You didn't eat anything because you're high, but it was a great place to go. And, uh, well, the express, you could see all kinds of characters any given out day. Out the there. window or yeah. up the stairs. You yeah. saw all kinds of stuff in there. Scary, scary mm-hmm. little diner. Oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah, I'm 16. I'm peeking at the beacon. I'm having a great time hitting after bar parties. I peeking got, at the beacon. Peeking at the beacon. I got another fast food joint job and I'm making all kinds of money. I usually work like 12 hours a day. It's crazy. And uh, I worked hard. I worked hard and I never missed a shift whether I was drunk or not. I got up mm-hmm. and I went and I covered the students and do, 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 right? Live your life. And, uh, just before my, uh, oh no, it would have been January of that year. I, uh, I uh, went to an after-hour party in Bridgeland. I was really high. I think we either did acid or mushrooms that night. And uh, went to this after-bar party with two other people, which wasn't usually my, I was a loner, right? Did things on my own, but I was hanging out with these other two. And she was a ditz and... He was all right, but ah, they were annoying. So I go to this after bar party and, and I've lost my cigarettes. I've lost my smokes. So I see a guy on the couch and I pull up a lap and I smoke his smokes all night. And uh, I, I don't recall seeing him again for quite some time. Apparently he helped applaud me in some uh, wet t-shirt concerts, con- contests at, the, at Frankie and Johnny's, but pff, I'm oblivious and... and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the pictures that might be out there dude right? dude if anyone out there knows uh no. where the pictures can be found please email them to david at david <laughs> <Dave. laughs> oh i'd die i'd just die <laughs> they were all rigged man the mm-hmm. bouncer was screwing that one girl anyway, it's always the one girl who the bouncer's banging one girl yeah. i always came in second asshole um Anyway, so we're uh, peeking at the beacon one night, and uh, <laughs> the girl I'm with is like, let's go to the clubhouse, and I'm like, not going, I'm 16, it's not happening, I'm not going, mm-hmm. I'm not going to a clubhouse, it's 16, like, what are you, you nuts? And I said, do you have fun? And I closed one eye, looked straight ahead, and there was a guy leaning against a pole staring at me, and I was like, going with him, and I went with him, and... Uh, Fell asleep on his lap in the back of the cab. Apparently, we went to four after-bar party addresses, and they were all bogus, and wound up at his place. Broke one of his buddy's noses, passed out on his bed. and uh, How did you break a nose? He touched my necklace, and I told him not to, so I had to bust his nose. Nice. I had to do it. Yeah. He wouldn't listen. And... Uh, and, uh, now you know what kind of person we're dealing with, Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple months later, he became my boyfriend. And uh, I eventually married that guy. Poor bastard. The guy who broke his nose? No. The other guy? The guy who I fell asleep on the, in the back of the yeah. cab, his lap. Yeah. And so uh, he's a pretty big part of my life. And uh, 1990 rolls around. I'm having a great time. He's got a van with a bed in the back. Uh, we party, we -hmm. camp, you know, we do, my family likes him, you know, he comes up to the farm, he's a hit, it's great, I'm like, I have been saved, right, like, I'm Mm -hmm. not, 
I'm not this loner loser anymore who's just, you know, living this dead end life. I got a good guy who works hard and he's clearly going mm. to save me. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly. And let me drink. Clearly. And be supportive of that. Mm. So I've, I've basically won the lottery yeah. as an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Your giggle cracks me up. <laughs> I just got like super nervous. Did you? Yeah. You're doing great. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, we had a great time. Mm -hmm. uh, his name's Cal. We'll leave it at Cal. And uh, yeah, we had a great time fishing and camping and friends. And oh my God, we just lived our lives. And mm -hmm. in uh, 1995, I got pregnant with our first child, our first daughter. And, uh, and, uh, we just started domestic life together. It's incredible. Just incredible. And, uh, how do you have a 25 year old daughter? She's 24. 24. How do you have a 24 year old daughter? I gave birth to her. I, I got that. laid. But you're not old enough got, to have a 24 year old. I gave labor. Old. I just, you know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Can you guys pull up a video on how this is done? There's yeah. all sorts of books out there, dude. You gotta get drunk. You know I don't have read, sex. man. Yeah, that's yeah. how you do that. You know I don't read. You know what, I don't read. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, okay. There's pictures. We can find a video. <laughs> if we look old enough. You don't look old enough to have a 24 year old daughter. Is what I was getting mm, at. Thanks, Knucklehead. Dave. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> you're welcome. I appreciate that. Okay, so you had your daughter. <clears throat> so our firstborn. Comes nine months later. It's just the weirdest thing. Nine okay, I need later. a video. I, I now I can't even like my brain can't see the picture. How does it take nine months? You're either pregnant and have a baby. Like, don't chickens hatch overnight? I like I don't get it. Worst pain imaginable. Worst pain imaginable. Having a child. Having a child. Giving oh. birth to a child. Worst pain imaginable. You're preaching to the choir, my friend. Biggest gift you'll ever receive, but worst pain imaginable. Mm. I've made up my mind that sex is not for me anymore. Yeah. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Um, wait, was this back then or now? Yeah, back then. Okay. So, uh, uh, nine months later, uh, Kelly has a birthday mm -hmm. and I'm quite happy to give as a wife. And, uh, this is unacceptable to him. And nine months after that, my, our second daughter is born. God help me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Cause you never wanted to have sex again. I never wanted to do that again because yeah. what if I had to give, you know, yeah. do labor again? It was a horrible, horrifying experience. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it. Though. It's, it's unimaginable pain. I can't even describe it to you. I'm, Anybody who's pregnant and listening to this, I am so sorry. Yeah. So. And if you're thinking about having children, we're sorry about that too. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we're, we're doing well, right? We're starting off young and, you know, a little on the humble side, but we're doing well. And, mm -hmm. Uh, buy a house, and I just jump right into the role of domestic house mouse and uh, domestic engineer, pardon me, mm -hmm. and and I love it. I love it. We move his father in with us, who's had, you know, a couple strokes, and it's wonderful. It's fantastic. I I was ridiculously domestic, like play dates and snacks and regimented routines and Walls got washed every day. It was just nuts. And uh, a couple years go by of of um, of this, and and I'm I'm drinking. You know, I'm drinking. And uh, 
Everybody in the house looks good. The house yeah. looks good. Yeah. I'm not sure anybody feels good. Mm. Right? Most certainly my husband, right? Who we eventually married. And uh, yeah, everybody looks good though. Yeah. Everybody looks good. I mean, we had, we had good times, but um, alcoholics are, uh, we're moody bastards, right? We have mood swings. and true. Uh, and uh, yeah, it gets a little hairy. Um, Max's husband's quite a large man. And there were moments when uh, I was certain that I was actually going to physically fight him mm -hmm. and that this was going to happen. And it was going to, it was just, it was just crazy. And um, along the line too, I'm, 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 I'm very lonely in my marriage mm -hmm. and in my drinking. And um, it occurs to me to get outside help for this. So I have a pretty ugly affair mm -hmm. for quite some time. I never talk about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. And uh, eventually um, that is revealed to my husband. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and fear creeps in, right? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, what if this world I've created comes crumbling down on me, right? Yeah. So now we're into begging, right? I'll never do it again. Mm -hmm. I'll never, I'll never do it again. And, uh, but there's no repair in the marriage and there's no dealing with the drinking. And, uh, so nothing improves, right? It, it just worsens. And worsens and um, uh, so when the girls are in uh, I don't know kindergarten and grade two uh, I put on a pretty good front I you know I've, I'm volunteering at the school and like I said like you know play dates and it's lovely right mm -hmm. family stuff and uh, I work, I work nights, you know, cleaning and bartending. I'm, I'm trying to contribute and, uh, I take a night off. I take a night off. I'm not, I'm not a mom and I'm, I'm not a wife. I just, I need a I need a minute. Right. And I'm going to go and I'm going to go drink. And, uh, I go to a, a bar that, uh, we used to go to. I knew, I knew people there and, uh, God, it's been years. So I, mm -hmm. I buy a flap, right? Let's do a line in the bathroom mm -hmm. and play some Keno. And I know the bartender, known her for years. And, uh, at the end of the night, she goes, that's great. But do you want to come home with me and her husband? And, uh, they got some better stuff going on. And, uh, I feel so vulnerable right now. Of course you are. Yeah. You're doing great though. And there's no rush. Can we have a smoke break? Yeah. You can pause. Where did I leave off? So the bartender whom I've known for mm -hmm. years invites me over to her house. Yeah. 
to hang out with her and her husband and whoever else is there. They're not snorting coke. They're mm. smoking crack. Mm-hmm. And uh, I partake. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty amazing. I can't even lie about that. I mean, you know, in your younger years, you, you do some basing and you do some binging and whatever. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then you get involved in this domestic side of the world and you just forget what it feels like to even escape for a minute, you know? Yeah, because you you're always you're faced with it, yeah. Right? You got to be on. You got kids. You got to be mm-hmm. on. Every moment's a teachable moment, right? Yeah. And uh, and I wanted a break that night, so I I got one. And uh, yeah, I fucking, I smoked crack. I smoked crack. And uh, I had never even heard of it before. And, uh, and uh, man, that was, what a night. What a night. And... I used to love this song and now I, I still can't even listen to it. The song Landslide by Stevie Nicks was playing mm-hmm. a lot, like over and over and over again. Yeah. And to this day, I'm just like, blah, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not a good memory. I, it was great at, at the time. I was having a great time anyhow. Uh, so I, I leave there and, and I'm fucking high. Like, mm-hmm. I drive home. I gotta, I gotta go home, right? I'm... I'm wife and a mother and not necessarily in that order and uh I don't know month goes by and yeah I gotta go over there again I just have to Mm. and uh that's the beginning of the end right the beginning of the end and I mentioned earlier that I you know I was working a bartending job and I and I did some cleaning at night you know um with a, a cousin whom I'm incredibly close to. Um, so I'm, I'm now, I mean, we're a couple months in, you know, three, four months in, and I'm starting to, like, scam a little bit at the bartending job. I'm uh, shaving a bit more off my husband's check. Yeah, and I'm, I'm now buying it, and I'm, I'm not good at it, but I'm smoking it. I, I'm doing it with this husband and wife and, uh, with them at their place. And it seems to go okay until I leave. (laughs) And then, you know, I don't know if anybody else finds that amusing, but I'm terrible drug addict. I'm just awful at it. (laughs) What do you mean you're terrible? (laughs) The worst. So I would, I would get up to go and I would, you know, we'd get the stuff dropped off and I'd be like, I'm going to go. And she would be like, and I don't think, not out of greed, but concern, like, are you sure? Because I just wasn't good at it. Mm-hmm. I, I wasted far more than I, than I got to uh, experience. Oh, really, eh? Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. Really bad. And I used like a metal pot uh, pipe and I drove a standard. So I would obviously try to do it while I'm driving on my way home. <laughs> and it was just a gong show. Just a fucking gong show and just stupid. But I, you know, I never got into an accident. Um, grace of God go I. <laughs> right? And uh, yeah, this went on for like eight months. Eight months. And uh, until shit hit the fan. Um, the lady who was running the bar uh, sort of was fed up with the missing money and 
put the pieces all together that it was usually missing when I was there, <laughs> so, which probably wasn't a Narrows big it down leak. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she probably knew for quite a while and, and, you know, did say, uh, to my cousin, you, you need to talk to her. My cousin phoned my mother and, uh, and they talk to my husband, and there's big intervention, right? And, mm. and, and the morning of the big intervention, I have taken off with uh, his entire check and blown it. And uh, I come stumbling in. It, well, first on the way home, I thought, well, I got to try and get some money. So I go to Money Mart and see if I can cash a check, and they phone him. I mean, I'm just not that bright in this mm-hmm. moment in time. And, so by the time I get to the house, he's gotten a call from Money Mart and there's no groceries, the bills aren't paid and it's just bad. It's just bad and he is not a violent man. However, uh, I feel assured that he wouldn't mind me saying that he wanted to kill me that day. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I walk in my door and my kids are at the neighbors and my mom, my cousin and my husband are, I mean a mess. They're a mess and they don't even know what to say or how to say it to me. And, um, so, um, (laughs) we come to the conclusion, like Sherry needs to get help or she's going to get charged. Right. So, uh, we do some research. Um, we don't even know where to begin. So yellow pages, right. And go from there. Mm -hmm. And um, for any young people out there, Yellow Pages used to be a phone book. <laughs> we would have phone numbers in it. This was before Google. Yeah, before Google, we would Pre-Google, use Google. Prehistoric. That's right. Uh, Google was. Uh, yeah. And, and back white... in those days, if you wanted to hit somebody and not leave bruises, you used a phone book it's up against true. them. Yeah. It's true. Prank calling was the White Pages. That's right. Before call display. That's right. That was a good time. <laughs> Is your fridge running? You better catch it. Yeah. That's Is wing right. that? Is wrong there. I'm still wing the wrong number. Good times, good times. We should all smoke pot as teenagers and not have call display. <laughs> Fucking A. You should be able to use that star. What is that? Star 60 something. 69 was to find yeah. out who it was, and star something else was 67. To block 67, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we should all be able to prank call. Yeah, we should be able to. I miss doing that. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Stuff, eh? Intervention. Oh, you, fuck the yeah. intervention. God yeah. damn it. That was a horrifying day. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Horrifying day. So, like, you walk in the house, there's, like, sitting around a table or? No, in my living room. The living room, okay. Which is the first room when you come up the stairs. That's, I mean, they're all right there. Yeah. And, you know, I probably peed a little. <laughs> I was terrified. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my I world's bet. crumbling. I, jig is up. Yeah. I'm screwed. The jig is up. <laughs> okay. It says it on the shirt. Dave's shirt says the jig is up. The jig is Keeping up. Keeping it real. 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 On the real, real? Louis Riel. Okay, I don't know who that is. It sounds like somebody who's really hip. We can give you a little history lesson later. But oh. you're getting an intervention right now, young lady. Yeah. yeah. Just so everybody knows, I'm in this dark room alone with Darcy and Dave. <laughs> And we're it's all naked. It's a horrifying experience. And I don't know why the on. red light is necessary, guys. Come on. Look, the Honestly. red light. The red light gives us mood. Yeah, chill the fuck out, okay? 
And uh, <laughs> we we don't know anything about anything about druggies, right? Like, yeah. it's not a thing, right? Everybody drinks and we're all just mm. fine. Except for Sherry, who's a fucking wreck, right? And uh, who is absolutely fucked up. And uh, we don't know anything. So do some phone calls that day. Nothing's sort of falling in place. We discover that there's some place called Alpha House that we can go to. But we got to be there first thing in the morning. So my husband calms down and we decide, you know, we're going to get Sherry some help. And we'll go down to Alpha House first thing in the morning. And it was probably the first nice night that the two of us spent together in years. Mm -hmm. Which is bizarre because he, you know, he's not happy. And uh, so we go to Alpha House and uh, I stay in Alpha House, I don't know, 10 days. I washed a deck of cards and it was just <laughs> OCD housewife kicking <laughs> in and detox where street people go. It was just, it was insane. You it was washed insane. a deck of cards? I washed a deck of cards. Well, the old guys wanted me to play cards with them. Yeah. I couldn't. I just couldn't, but because they were filthy cards. Obviously. Oh my god! But these, you know, the people, been, the staff, and yeah. the inmates were all just lovely to me and mm. let me just be insane for the time. I was, I washed bung. I was washing everything. I'm a mom. I just yeah. give me a bleach and a bucket, and I'll change your life. Yeah. I will leave this place a little better than I found it. Right and. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> and it was kind of a joke the whole time I was there. I was the bleach lady. And, uh, and I eventually got put into a, uh, a treatment center. I went to a place called Sunrise. and uh, Sunrise Native Addiction Center? That's the one. Yeah. And I spent six weeks there, um, pissed off with a chip on my shoulder, my arms crossed. I remember... Uh, very tall man named Ralph and I would sit in group and close my eyes and he would yell at me, we can all see you. And I was like, no, you can't. Right? <laughs> it was just insane. I wouldn't I'm open invisible. up. Yeah. I just didn't care. But I <laughs> thought the ceremony room, the TV thing was like really cool and a humbling experience to have your little children come and visit you. But they thought that room was cool too. And, and, and it did have an effect on me. It truly did. And, and the people in there, and, and it was quite an experience. And because you I mean you bond with these people, right? So, anyhow, I I got out of treatment, and I and I went home six weeks later, and and uh, what a bizarre feeling that is to go to your home and not belong there, hmm. not belong there at all, and. Uh, I'm I'm completely unfamiliar with my my children, and uh, my my husband and my father-in-law pretty much every day come home drinking and give me a speech, you know, on their way by that just because I have fucked up my life and quit drinking doesn't mean that anybody else around here is going to. And I mean, and this goes on for weeks, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And, and at this time, my childhood friend, uh, huh. I skipped over that too, eh? Fuck. You can go back as many times yeah. as you need to. So this is 2003. 
And in 2002, Dee Dee and I lose Tanya. She literally died of alcoholism. Mm. With a bruise on her face, wrapped around a toilet. Mm. In Edmonton, so, which is just not a lovely place anyway. Sorry about your friend. Me too. Yeah. It's a shitty illness. I would have loved to have sobered up with her. Yeah. Best drinking partner ever. <laughs> Best drinking partner ever. Mm. She would fight anybody. It was, it was great. <laughs> I felt safe with her everywhere. Uh, yeah. She was the best. She She'd really fight anybody. was. She even fought a rock once. We, listen, <laughs> when we were 15, we went to the TNC, <laughs> which is not a lovely place to be. What? Yeah, and they were doing... <laughs> that must not be the same TNC out in Forest Lawn. It, that's the one. Because that's a lovely place. <laughs> <laughs> we go out there. We get dressed up. It was very 80s. We had the bandanas around our neck, remember, and the big hair, mm -hmm. the blue uh, eyeshadow. Anyway, <clears throat> and we got into the bar. It was like a miracle. <clears throat> and then we decided we needed to go get our friend, and we the elevator wasn't working. So we went up the stairs, those cement stairs, and two creepy motherfuckers followed us. One was huge and one was not. And one touched me and Tanya lost her fucking mind. And literally, literally, it was like watching a cartoon. Climbed up the guy, would get her knees on his shoulders and start pounding on him. And he would throw her down the cement stair and she would get back up and do it again. And it happened like five times. Wow. And the little short guy looked at me and I said, you better not touch me because she'll kill you. Yeah. And he was like, I'm thinking I got to get my buddy out of here because <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. And that's a true story. Like, I can't, you can't fudge that up. You, no. How do you make that up? You can't. It happened. And you can picture this like tiny girl or girl getting thrown down the stairs and then like, like scrambling back up the stairs like a like, like 80 a pounds. she was yeah. so skinny yeah like a honey badger yeah 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 she was so cool anyway nice. um so we did lose her in 2002 and uh mm. life-changing absolutely life-changing mm. she was our soulmate she was our sister she was our best friend and uh, <laughs> I suppose no coincidence that around that time is when I was smoking crack. Mm. <clears throat> Might be connected. I Maybe. I mean, let's not get all yeah. psychobabble about it. Yeah. Jesus. I know. Let's not draw any conclusions. Let's not I dig mean. deep. Let's not dig deep. <laughs> Keep it light, dude. Yeah. Keep it <laughs> And uh, yeah. we're just talking about smoking crack and fucking our life up. That's yeah. right. Relax. Let's just make sure we keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, where was I? You reconnected with her in 2002? Yeah, that she wasn't... She passed died. away in 2002. She yeah. died in yeah. 2002. Yeah. So, in 2003, I come home from treatment. I came home from treatment. And everybody's like, you know, I'm not going to quit just because you fucked up, blah, 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 blah. So now I'm on the phone to my oldest BFF, Dee Dee, and I'm a wreck. I got to get out of here. I can't live in this. I can't. I cannot live this life anymore. And uh, so her and I, you know, she's like, 
I'll, I'll get back to, you know, we'll figure something out. In the meantime, I go to an AA meeting. Um, however, on that day, I had to pay my dealer. I owed him 40 bucks. Come on. So <laughs> that was important to me. You, that's because you didn't have money in the basket at that point, right? You're yeah. like, no, I didn't have any money to give. So on the day of my first AA meeting outside of treatment, I buy some crack and uh, I smoke it uh, across town to pick up another member of AA and drive to a meeting. And uh, I went to the Ogden group and I was fucking high because I haven't been high for a while. <laughs> so that was very mm. effective yeah. that day and uh, our evening. And all I remember about that meeting was that it ended and I got cornered by a, a handful of women and that I could see the door, but somehow I couldn't get to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like... You had to run a gauntlet to get there. Yeah. I know that it's there. And yeah. if I could just get away from these women, I could go home mm -hmm. or go get high, one or the other. Yeah. So that was my very first AA, independent AA meeting and clearly not a good start. I think that was a Thursday evening and I went back the next Sunday. And so I go back the next Sunday. You could smoke in the meetings then. And there was this lovely, lovely young, young lady sitting next to me who kept asking me if I was okay and if she could borrow my lighter every time she needed a cigarette. And I thought, well... You know, if you're not old enough to purchase a lighter, what is the problem here? And clearly I'm okay, but the rest of you have some issues, culty brainwashed issues. You culty brainwashed fucks. And you're talking yeah. a lot about God, which Even I don't worse. think is that big of a deal. I mean, yeah. God's God, right? Why do we need to talk about it and beat it to death? Like, whoa, bunch of creeps. <laughs> <laughs> and if clearly you want money at the end of this entire ceremony, yeah, right? And I'm not buying it. But I get a newcomer's package, and this lovely young lady, you know, writes a flower and a smiley face next to her number, and I was like, that's perfect. So if I mm -hmm. phone anybody, it'll be this young, and because mm -hmm. clearly she'll be an easy mark, and I yeah. can just whip through this AA thing get my life back on track, and drink the way I always wanted to. You're yeah. catching what I'm saying. It makes sense. It does. I don't want to smoke crack, but I can't. Who quit? Why would you ever quit drinking? Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. Especially if you were smoking crack, and that's really what you need to quit. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the drink? problem. Yeah. I know they're all lying. They take a pill, or there's something secret going on in AA that... They don't like to reveal when you're new. The secret, well, we could tell people now because you've experienced it now. The secret is golden showers. Oh, fuck, Dave. For all the newcomers out there. I'm not peeing on you at my podcast thing. But that was part of the deal. No, it was not part of the not deal. Not again. Yeah, that's right. Not again. <laughs> not again. <laughs> Good call, Darcy. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Okay. So I, you know, I've got this new, I keep looking at this girl's name and the little flowers she drew and I keep looking around at my, you know, my kids are coming and going from school and I'm just paralyzed on the couch, on the edge of the couch at all times, right? Like, ah, I just want to be alone. I just want to be left alone. And, uh, and, uh, I eventually phone this young woman 
who is now, I'm, I'm 30 year old housewife. I turned 30 in treatment. They let me stay up all night. It was just, it was, it was weird. Anyway, so I phone this young lady and I say, you know, I, I think I'm having like one of these spells where I feel like I should be reaching out and she thinks that's great and come and get her. Um, she can't drive right now because um, she's 18, uh, six and a half months sober, and she has broken her foot uh, by uh, misstepping off a curb, and uh, which is just funny. That's <laughs> just funny. <laughs> Especially when you think about all the things we survived. Really? And that she probably survived. Really? Yeah. Right? Even at her young age, yeah. like, oh my gosh, right? So um, I tell my husband what I'm doing and why and who and... And, and he literally is like, good luck with that, right? Like, oh, my mm. God. And he draws me a map how to get across town to where she says. And I pick her up, and I don't even remember what we did that night. We may have gone to a meeting. We may have driven. I have no idea. Maybe she remembers. And uh, she becomes my sponsor. So this 30-year-old housewife who has fucked up her entire life is being sponsored by an 18-year-old with six months sober. Mm -hmm. It's just only in AA. shit works, yeah. Only in AA. Yeah. And, and I absolutely fall madly and madly deeply in love with her. She is still, to this day, my biggest ally in AA, um, my best friend. Um, Good soul. She knows, she's a soulmate. Mm -hmm. She's a soulmate. She knows everything. I mean, everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I can't imagine a better person to know all these things. And uh, she is just as lovely as the day I met her. And um, has been very kind and patient with me over the past 17 years. Just wow. So it's 2003. I have a sponsor. I go to meetings. It's not working. Hmm. Whatever you're putting in the coffee, it's not taken. It's yeah. not sitting well with. I'm getting high in between meetings. It's not good. It's not good, and uh, I don't really want to drink that much anymore. But I yeah. certainly want to get high a lot. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and I um, I befriend um, a young man <clears throat> of very large stature, uh, physically. Uh, who is quite a personality, mm -hmm. Dave, as you know. <laughs> and uh, oh, Definitely wow. an interesting character. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I have left I always my, liked him, so. Yeah. So I have left my husband and children in the summer of 2003, and me and this friend. Um, I'm getting high. I'm getting high a lot in between meetings. So he's my go-to now, my comfort, right? Mm -hmm. So I go to this guy, you know, he might, you know, feed me some big book jargon and give me shit a little bit, but that's my comfort, right? Mm -hmm. That's my, my whoobie now in AA. And uh, one thing leads to another and it's not a good, it's not a healthy relationship. It's not a helpful one. Um, this person isn't exactly sober either, mm -hmm. and uh, it it turned sexual. And uh, in two thousand four, <laughs> I get pregnant. 
So I feel pretty bad about leaving my children. That takes a toll. It's pretty, it cut really deep, Mm -hmm. really deep. I feel like I have uh, emotional scarring from that. And I, and I feel like they do as well. Um, not to mention I'm not around a lot because I, I live in shame still, right? Mm -hmm. Deep, deep shame. And, uh, so I'm pregnant and, uh, I, I have choices to make now, right? Do I, do I have this baby or do I terminate this situation and, and try to get my shit together? And, and it, it occurs to me. I got a couple months in now and it occurs to me I might not survive sobriety if I terminate this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And um, I have terminated pregnancies in the past, but this is different. And I don't know why and it doesn't matter why. Mm-hmm. I, I have to make it, I make a decision. And um, this does not uh, sit well with a uh, few people. What's that expression? Those who mind don't matter. Those who matter don't, don't mind, mind yeah. right? And uh, and the people who um, truly care about me, even if they mind, they support me, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and others just can't even digest this situation. Yeah. And so, telling my ex-husband at the time is a horrifying experience that mm-hmm. does not go over in a lovely way and uh can't blame that at all but i keep this baby and and this relationship turns really really ugly this person goes all the way out and uh and it gets pretty physically abusive Hmm. and uh yeah and i'm pregnant and being tossed around and it's pretty ugly Mm -hmm. it's pretty ugly at one point, um, a coffee table comes at me <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and lands in the wall behind me in, in the home that I'm now living in and, mm-hmm. and trying to make a home. Um, my ex-husband comes to accept my pregnancy and uh, over time actually becomes a pretty big support and a really good friend of mine. He is family. Yeah. And my children, my daughters are excited about this and... Life goes on, right? So I, I get situated and I've, I've never moved. I've, I've lived in this place for 15 years. And um, I'd like to say that the first time my life was saved was my first child. And this last time that my life was saved was my son, who I still have and have never thrown in the river. And he's just a lovely human being. And... <laughs> and my middle daughter is one of my best friends and an old soul and a truth sayer. So I'm, when I started out saying in this podcast that I've lived a blessed life, I, I will tell you right now, if, if, you, if you give AA and, and, and the recovery aspect of this program, you know, half the effort that it deserves... The, the most amazing things will happen to you. Mm-hmm. A man who should absolutely hate my guts for a million reasons is one of my best friends and biggest supports, right? So Isn't that fucking cool? Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Love the cow. Yeah. Love the cow. Deep, 
deep amount of respect for the cow. That's amazing. Who is also my son's godfather. Mm -hmm. So we are a unique, but we are a family unit. Yeah. My son is there right now. Big surprise. He doesn't, he'd rather be there than with the mom. I, I have rules and, you know, yep. we have chores and stuff. So I'm not a lot of fun. So I go into uh, labor with my son. Um, the abuse is actually reported by people who are close to me. Mm. And when I get home from the hospital, there is uh, child services, child and family services. Yeah. So um, I can't stay at my home. Um, so I call my, my friend and she comes to get me, takes to her place. I don't want to stay there. Um, so I phone my ex-husband and he's like, absolutely. So the first month of my son's life, is spent on my ex-husband's couch. Mm. And they bond immediately. And obviously, the big sisters are ecstatic because here's mm. our baby brother. And it's just the bizarre... It's just a bizarre... And it's just a weird situation. But it's but it's a safe and lovely situation at the same time. And um, I get all that straightened out and court. And anyway... Um, Moving forward, um, sobriety hasn't, oh, it's not always easy. It's not always easy. That's true. The first two or three years of my sobriety, um, I have been in the fetal position on the linoleum of the main floor of my home in every, on every inch of it because mm -hmm. the cool feels good when you're hysterical. Yeah and crying, and the snot and the tears won't stop, right? The cold feels so good. Mm. And so you can get to a place where you can either pray or pick up the phone. I, uh, I've grown up in AA. I have not grown up in the rooms. Um, my recovery started, I believe, when I started to become the human being that I really truly wanted to be. Mm. I've spent my early recovery at um, soccer fields, um, school plays, um, parent-teacher interviews, family functions. This is where I grew up mm -hmm. in AA. And the rest of my recovery was spent for I mean, and hours and hours on the phone and mm -hmm. lots of cigarettes, right? Mm -hmm. But I stayed. I remained to stay. Can we pause for a sec? I'm totally just not in it right now. It's all you. So my son is born in the summer of 2005. I spent a month on my ex-husband's couch, which is bizarre and wonderful at the same time. And I finally go home. Um, not, uh, not an easy year. Mm. Lots of gifts, lots of gifts, but not easy. Mm. I, uh, 
lots of times, I mean, I'm alone. I'm completely alone in this house with this little baby and have never been as sober as I am in those moments, right? Mm -hmm. And I suppose you could say even at the age of 32, my life skills were minimal and, and I struggled. Um, the baby cries sometimes and is unhappy and insolable and it's a baby. And with my first two babies, I had backup and backup, right? I had a dad and a grandpa mm -hmm. for support, right? And uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. I, um, I want to back up and tell this story because it's funny and it is part of my story. So before my son is born, I move into this place. And I, uh, I don't have cable and, uh, I like TV, <laughs> so I got to get cable. Mm -hmm. I got to get cable. And, uh, so I phoned the cable company and, uh, and I, and I felt pretty confident when I dialed the numbers and then they answered and started asking me questions and then they gave me options. So they had A, B and C packages. And I went into hysterics and started to cry mm. and sweat and yell at the man that he needed to just fucking pick one because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized that I was yelling at some strange man who's just doing his job and trying mm. to help me. And I had to apologize and I hung up on him. And I hit the floor in the fetal position mm. until my face cooled and yeah. I could function again. At this time... We have a tradition at Kelly's, at Max Husband's, to uh, we have Sunday dinner every Sunday. Sometimes we hang out earlier and, you know, whether it's a soccer game or a movie afternoon, whatever, right? And uh, we have dinner every Sunday together at his place as a family. And, uh, and uh, so I go over for Sunday dinner. A couple of days after the cable phone call incident, mm -hmm. and uh, I think I'm being very casual and under the radar. And I ask him, you know, I, I mentioned how the phone call went, and it, it didn't go great the first time. And I was fully prepared to do it again. But on the same note, what package do you have? And at this time, he's really come around, like he's just turned this whole page on his own. He's just this, this principled human being. I just don't get it. Naturally, it doesn't make any sense to me. But so he starts to giggle and says, nice try. You have to make your own choice. Mm -hmm. And I am devastated. How dare you <laughs> not tell me what to do? Yeah. You did this for years when we were together. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, this is a problem. Are you kidding me? And I'm pissed and I, I let him know how I feel. You know, we're close like that. And uh, yeah, I, got, I have to phone ca the cable company back that week because I still have no cable and I need to actually make this happen. Mm -hmm. So I spend a lot of time on the phone with other people, my ex-husband included, getting coached and calmed down. And how do you make a choice? And is there a way you can find out what these choices are in detail? And get facts about what your wants and needs are. And I, that was the beginning of learning about what does Sherry need and what does Sherry want and what is necessary to mm -hmm. get done, right? And uh, it sounds like a ridiculous life lesson, 
but it's had a huge impact in my mm -hmm. life. I had to phone Shaw back and yeah. order fucking cable all by myself, right? Mm -hmm. The baby wasn't helping either. Well, that goes to show you that babies, I mean, are, honestly, babies are basically unnecessary. Useless. <laughs> no help at all. Ouch. I wouldn't say useless, but useless. unnecessary for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that's always, it's just such a significant story in my head to me. Like it's just, it's a huge part of my recovery. Mm. Phoning Shaw and getting cable all on my own. It sounds ridiculous. Not at all. But it's, it's sign amazing. Of, it's a sign of independence, right? Independence. It was like your first independent like step, one of them. So when I first moved into the home I live in, I had a projection TV that Kelly had gotten from somebody because he fixed something of theirs. I had a futon that wouldn't bend up anymore into the couch position. It just stayed flat. <laughs> and I had a kitchen table. And the baby had furniture in his room and that was it that was my house there were no pictures there mm. were I had no bed the girls had no bed and when they would come over on the weekends it was literally like picnic time and we all slept on this little futon the three of us mm. and we'd watch movies and until I got the cable going which I eventually got the cable going and uh and yeah it was kind of a party and my ex-husband helped me move into that place and just a miracle, right? My mm -hmm. relationship with my ex-husband is just a miracle. And, and Sounds pretty awesome. And I thank God for him yeah. every day, right? Yeah. I still hate his gut. I'd kill him. But I know he feels the same way. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but at the same time, it's got to be me who does it. If somebody else shoots him, you're toast. Yeah. Right? I got to deal with it. It's a bad idea. It's not good. Yeah. And I, you won't go quickly. And because uh, then you have to deal with his daughters and his son, you know, like, it's not mm. good. I just feel bad for you now. Yeah. But um, that was sort of like the start of the beginning, right? I got to mm. phone Shaw and get cable. And so I'm home with this baby for a year and, and, and I feel like I'm doing pretty good. This lovely young lady, you know, doesn't always know it, but she's always sponsoring me, even if somebody else is really sponsoring me. Mm -hmm. The lovely young lady is always my sponsor. Mm -hmm. Secretly, we just don't tell her about it. And um, I won't say nothing. Don't tell her. Don't even tell her. No. Don't even tell her. And because uh, you know who she is. I won't she's say amazing. nothing. She's a lovely human. She's truly a lovely yeah. human. And uh, and a truth sayer. She will fuck your shit up if you're yeah. a whiny little bitch. She will let you know. And, um, <clears throat> so I don't know, two and a half years, I'm, I'm, I'm now going back to school and two and a half years go by and, and I think I'm killing it. I mean, I'm, I'm rocking this sobriety thing and this, you know, doing, you know, I've been on set four for a couple of years, but it's, you know, whatever, go at your own pace. Like, you know what I mean? I go to the garden all the time. They say, just stay, don't, you know, I don't push yourself too hard and, mm -hmm. Two and a half years go by, and I'm down at the Garnet on a Wednesday, and I don't know what I said from the podium, but at the end of the meeting, you know, four or five people come up to me and ask me if I'm all right, and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing good. Didn't you hear my share? And they were like, yeah, we certainly did. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the lovely young lady comes up to me, and she says, what are you doing on Sunday? And, and I made the mistake of saying, I don't have any plans as of yet, and she said, good, I'll be there and we're doing your five. And I'm mm. like, 
what's wrong with everybody? <laughs> I'm just... I'm, I'm ducky. I'm doing great. Mm. Like, I don't know what your problem is. So she... I, <laughs> Those pushy ears, oh, right? So I'm in a panic <laughs> for the next five days. I gotta, I gotta finish this four because clearly we've done much to it. It's just mm. sitting there. I got like 4,000 people and things that I hate and you know what I mean? But we haven't really done anything else with mm. it. I go to the store and I buy a three-pronged, uh, three-wick candle because we'll just make this whole ceremony of just amazingness and God and, oh, it's going to be epic, right? Mm. It'd be so, she'll never forget it, right? It, it's dumb. <laughs> it's just dumb. And she shows up and she's unimpressed with the candle and we do the third step prayer and I'm sure inside she was rolling her eyes and... I confess all this stuff. I do this huge confession of things that I didn't even write down. You know, the dog and peanut butter. You know, the things you don't like to talk about. <laughs> and uh, she doesn't react to any of it. Yeah. Not a thing. Yeah. And then comes back and asks me about what my part in that might have been. Yeah. And uh, nothing happened. Nothing mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. God didn't come down and give me a warm hug. Mm -hmm. I mean, the color of the walls didn't change. There wasn't ah, like there was no light, no burning bush, no nothing. If there was a burning bush or, or some kind of light, you might still be having a flashback. Maybe I don't know. But LSD, I thought well, yeah. that was fucking stupid. <laughs> like this is stupid. What First a waste off, of time. Reacts to any of my cool stories. Yeah, and some of them are pretty rock hard and cool. Okay, yeah. I mean. I was kidnapped. Like, what a Come bust. On. You still haven't told us about you being kidnapped. Kidnapped. It's How the you... stupidest story ever. Well, we would like to. Is that another after bar party? Of course, I'm on the south side of town now. Fucking southeast. Oh, anything south of the oh, downtown. Yeah, forget a. about it. I'm, Lame I'm having a different affair. Not in the good gay. Not the good gay. I'm so sorry. You can I... edit that if you I know what you meant. Okay. I'm offended, but I'll get over it. Well, you'll just have to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, I will. And um, and I'm and I'm at this party, and it turns out the guy who owns the home is a friend of my oldest best friend, Dee Dee, who uh, watches me leave this party with a guy with a bike. I don't know, Johnny O or some some I don't know, and. And he's like, you want to go for a ride? And I said, yeah, I want to go for a ride. It's 3 a.m. and I'm fucking wasted. Who doesn't want to go for a ride? Is there a better time for a ride? Duh. Yeah, like, seriously. What are you thinking? And, and he can't get a hold of the guy that I've been sleeping with. So he takes me to some apartment. A nice apartment. It's got no furniture, but it's quite, it's nice. And, and we sit there for like five hours. And, and he wants me to get a hold of this man. And I'm like, he's out of town. And it's the most boring kidnapping story ever. That was it. And at 9 a.m., I left downtown in the daytime in my night clothes. And it was horrifying. That's the worst part of the story. So wait a second. So why were you taken to an apartment? And why were you told to call because this guy? Because this guy wanted to get a hold of the guy I was sleeping with who... May he rest in peace, was not in town. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why he wanted to get a hold of him. I don't care why he wanted to get a hold mm -hmm. okay. of him. So you never, he I never said nothing. I just wanted to go home. Yeah. Because I was done partying. Yeah. 
And now it's 9 a.m. And I am downtown in my night clothes. Doing the walk of shame. Oh, my God. Without the shameful act. Right? I didn't get lucky. I didn't get raped. I didn't get beaten. I didn't get fed. Like, it's so boring. Well, I'm glad you didn't get beaten or raped. Okay. Yeah. That would have made it at least interesting. Um... I think you're already interesting enough. Bad joke, bad joke. Too soon. I, I think you're interesting enough is all. <laughs> I think that would make you over the top interesting. I'm, um... And then we'd all be in real fucking trouble, Sherry. I'm glad you think I'm interesting, Dave. <laughs> I really don't see it. I think I'm the most don't. boring person in AA. So, um, that's the kidnapping story, Dave. It's not that exciting. It is pretty lame. I did find out later, though, in AA, that the guy who kidnapped me was a really bad man. Mm-hmm. Was a really, really bad man. <laughs> so whatever his intentions were, were not good, probably. No, yeah. and but I'm so naive that I think I was blessed to be naive in this mm-hmm. moment and just get up and be like, I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. And he just sat there and said, okay? Grant isn't in town, and he's not going to answer his phone. Yeah. I gotta go. Yeah. Um. You, well, you went back in time to talk about the kidnapping. Thank you very much. Thank you. Where were we before that? I got cable. Yeah, you got cable, but you've been... Oh, the fucking four. The fifth step. Yeah, the step four. Fifth step. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Nothing happened. God didn't come down. Stupidest moment of my life. What a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Just terrible time. Terrible time. Is what I thought. Until gradually... After that, through time, my, my life and my thinking started to change. I started to react to things slightly at first, but I started to react to things differently. I wasn't exactly pausing when agitated. My road rage was still out of control. But I just started to feel different and started to react to things differently. Mm. And then, uh, so that's two and a half years sober. In the meantime, I got kids in soccer. I go to parent-teacher interviews. My ex-husband and I, we're doing just fine. My mother speaks to me. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's like a miracle. And she likes me. Who'd have thought? I put this woman through hell. Mm -hmm. Like, it's amazing. So, um, the... uh, distasteful sperm donor isn't completely gone he's a pain in the ass Mm -hmm. he's a horrible father he's stockish and not living his best life Mm -hmm. and uh i'm pretty single (laughs) i'm pretty single Mm -hmm. i'm pretty guarded and uh and uh out of nowhere, I'm about three years sober now. Out of nowhere, this long-haired freak on a chopped-out bike rolls into town into AA who knows mutual friends of mine. So I've had an experience in sobriety about the things that I don't want. Mm-hmm. And this freaky freak, fun little dude, rolls in. Do I want to go for a ride on his bike? Yeah. Why do people ask this question? I don't understand. Is that a question? 
Anyway, so I don't exactly <laughs> say yes at first. However, um, I'm outside a meeting when he rolls up on this amazing little bike and two other people that are friends with the unlovely creature um, look at me and say, the answer is yes. And I was like, really? Is it though? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. really? And I turn around and say, yes, I don't know where it came from, but I said yes. And I hopped on the back of this bike and the next year were, was just incredible. My, my first fight dating this guy is, is because we're in a store and we can't leave until I let him buy me something. That's insane. I've been ripped off. I've been tossed across the room. I've, you know what I mean? I've been mm -hmm. called every name in the book. I've been spit at. Like, and now I'm having an argument because I can't. Someone's being nice to you. Oh, my God. What is your problem? Yeah, I know. What do you want, first off? Obviously something. I'm a sure thing. I'm going to put out later. <laughs> I don't know what your fucking deal is. I love it. Whoa. It's like you don't have to work so fucking hard. Like, exactly. seriously. Exactly. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> I let him buy me something and I can't pay for dinners or movies and this person opens doors and I meet his parents and he brags about me to his friends and it's just extraordinary and and this does not work out <laughs> this does not work out but that's okay mm -hmm. um, at least you were treated well my higher power my god has has now just pointed out some things to me that I may want at some point in my mm -hmm. life. And uh, which is just bizarre right now. <laughs> I just put that together, Dave. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And then uh, I, um, uh, at this point, I'm taking um, legal assistant at school. I took my first year. I get my first God job over the summer in between at a place called the Seventh Step Society. Okay, yeah. I worked for Bob, an amazing, amazing human being. Um, they got good stuff going on. Oh, man. And the board members are all fucked in the most lovely way possible. And uh, I was a great job. I had such a good time. And... Uh, yeah, like all walks of life, white collar and all kinds of, of you know, reformed criminals mm -hmm. and businessmen at Cawthorn, like just amazing, amazing job. Like they mm -hmm. just had a great time. And um, due to provincial program cutbacks, I did get laid off and uh, that's okay. That's okay. And the next year was, you know, a little dark, but I'll tell you what, there's something that the, the lovely young woman and I still say to one another years and years later, if your ass falls off, don't pick up. Mm -hmm. If your ass falls off, yeah. you got to tough that out, man. Yeah. It's not all rainbow, rainbows and sunshine and unicorns mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah. orgasm. It's not. It's some of it's shit. It's just oh, absolute shit. shit. Yeah. And, and you got to just, you got to stay. You got to stay. Whether that means pick up the phone or watch Lord of the Rings for a couple months. I mean, you do what you got to do, <laughs> yeah. right? And um, Yeah, so long as you don't pick up, you just do it. You just yeah. do what you got to do, yeah. right? And, uh, and, and so the next year is a little dark, and, and uh, the little freak's parents phone me every day. They're just the most lovely human beings. And, and, uh, and uh, 
anyway, I, I get a couple other jobs over the next couple years, and they're okay, and um, my life becomes slightly dull for a couple years in an amazing way, and I and I start to participate a little more in in sponsoring young women, and that's never dull. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure a couple of them were going to cut me in my own kitchen. <laughs> that was there was some there. They're a little angry. Shit gets dicey, hey? When they sober up, <laughs> yeah. there's one that just always comes to mind, and I was terrified of her, and I just love her to bits today, and. Her name starts with a C, so if she's ever listening, I just love you and I miss you and we should talk. Anyway. Um, with a C? Yeah, she's okay. just so lovely and her hair is always a different color and I just love her. And um, and uh, and life goes on and I, I do meet another man and um, that goes nowhere pretty quick. Um, however... Um, that relationship did have significance. I, I go back to school again the year I turned 40 um, at eight years sober. And um, that's, that's, that's a pretty weird story too. So two weeks leading up to the appointment, I was working for a lady who was an accountant. And we agreed that if I got some education in maybe some basic accounting or admin accounting, mm-hmm. This would be far more helpful to her than me trying to learn from her every, you know, for 15 minutes here and there in between her overwhelming um, business. And um, the two weeks leading up to the appointment at this school, I tell people I'm going to go back to school and immediately they will say to me, oh, are you going to take massage? And I was like, no, (laughs) this isn't, no, (laughs) Tell them I'm working for an accountant, blah, 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 blah. And, and this goes on for two weeks. And I'm out at meetings and, you know, meeting people for coffee at the casino and, you know, and, and just other so, family members. Oh, are you going to take Miss? No, I'm going to take accounting. And I get to the appointment and I'm starting to think that maybe the universe is telling me something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's something's weird and so I get to the appointment and the lady doing the admissions likes to guess when people come in what they're there to take and she does the exact same thing and guesses massage and I'm like no this is not even so I take massage I mean I'm I'm 40 (laughs) right I'm like a few Mm -hmm. days away from my 40th birthday I've been sober a while and I'm like okay so if the universe is talking Mm -hmm. Maybe this is the time in my life to listen. Perhaps. And literally the hardest thing I have ever done, um, aside of sobering up with a baby, mm-hmm. um, or sobering up, um, does not go well for me. Um, we started out with 17 people the first year. We ended with four. I was one of the four. Nice. Up top. Just saying. Boom. I struggled. I struggled mm-hmm. to keep that 70% going the whole time. Second year comes around and it's really fucking hard. Um, there's like neuro and it's fucked. It's fucked. And I'm a single mom and we got to do our clinic hours at night. And I have mental health days where I'm like, I'm going to blow my head off. Right. And I'm exhausted because I study, I go to school. I sit, I'm fat now. It's fucked. 
And uh, I failed three exams and they got to, I got to get dismissed. And uh, the instructor at the time is oh, an amazing human being, not an emotional guy. <laughs> I bug him every Monday to find out whether he's gay or not. He's stubborn. Um, it's a thing we do. It was a thing we did. It was, it was pretty fun. He'd, he'd always just laugh. And anyway, he's got he's to gotta tell me that I'm, that I'm out because of these three exams. And, and he's dusty. He's got a tear in his eye. Mm-hmm. And it's ugly. And some of the classmates are throwing chairs in the room. And it's ugly. And, uh, and I leave. And um, not a good time. Mm-hmm. Not a good time. I'm getting fucked up. I am just done. And, and this man that I have met a couple years earlier that was going nowhere fast, uh, he's out. He's relapsing and he's relapsing hard. Mm. And uh, I'm like, well, I'm either going to get fucked or I'm going to get fucked up. And I call this guy. I mean, he's getting fucked up. Yeah. Why would he answer the phone? And he answers the phone. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, a long weekend, and uh, I spend four days at this guy's house. And uh, at the time, didn't realize that he was actually getting high at the time. Um, he did reveal to me a couple years later that uh, he had stashed and flushed a bunch of stuff and stayed sober for those four days so that I wouldn't get fucked up. Mm. And, uh, and he fed me and he walked me and he comforted me. And, uh, I just cried for four days. I was, I just cried for four days. I'm a failure. All this and all this time now. And Mm. right. I'm 42 and I'm an, I'm a fuck up. The one thing that's never going to change about me is I'm a fuck up and, uh, and I get through it and I go home Tuesday morning and, uh, I start going through my emails and checking my voicemails and this instructor who we finally called DK, um, has sent messages and, and left voicemails instructing me on how to get back in. And I can rejoin the next class coming up to year two and fall in when they're caught up to where I left off. And uh, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm embarrassed. I'm, um, damn it, you know, but I'm in it. I'm in it. Mm -hmm. I'm in it. I owe all this money. I have blood, sweat and tears to get as far as, and I'm, you know, so I reach out to the lovely young friend and, uh, and she talks some sanity into me and, mm-hmm. and so does the guy right over the four days, um, that it's okay. Right. It's okay. And I, and I join this next class and I write the letter and do the meeting and whatever I got to do. And, and this next class is kind of full of assholes, but they are just lovely they are just 
they know what went down and, and they accept that I'm there. And mm -hmm. this one guy I sat next to picked on me the entire rest of the year. I almost smelled a Sharpie and got written on. Like he was just, he was just a funny, bizarre little man and, and, and made me laugh almost every day. And, and I endured it and I finished and I graduated and, and it's it's one of the the most amazing things I have ever done, and and I have I have things I have three children that I absolutely worship the ground that they were they, they they walk on. I I am amazed on a spiritual level that they even picked me to be their mother. Um, I'll never be as good as they are. I'll mm -hmm. never be as great as they are. They are my heroes, and uh, and and. And the friendships and the bonds that I have today mm. with the people, Dave is high up on that list. Mm. It's just incredible to me in recovery. And, and, and I've done these steps. I've done them more than once. I've helped guide other young women through these steps more than once. The, the gifts are immeasurable. I, I don't live in a million dollar home. I'm not, I'm not remarried to the man of my dreams. You know what I mean? I, I don't drive a fancy car. My tires suck. I thought I was going to die on the way over tonight. Thanks for risking life and limb to come. But I'm, I'm doing another brave and extraordinary thing tonight. Dave, Dave, David asked me to be, to do his podcast and and I love Dave hmm. and I love Dave deeply on a spiritual level. I absolutely hmm. love Dave. I, Dave's one of those people I could tell anything to. Hmm. And, and that's a safe and wonderful place to be with somebody, you know, and I'm glad um, to hear. I love you too. I care about you deeply, Dave. Yeah, me too. And, uh, even, even though we had to go through that pizza, <laughs> it, it was awful. <laughs> you know how awful that was though? Yeah. To the point where, like, I can still laugh. I still laugh about it when it comes into my Have head. to. Yeah. Like, you it's so to. funny, hey? Like, we didn't get laid. Nope. And we had an awful pizza we had to wait yeah. five and a half the hours The kissing for. was phenomenal. Yeah, well, we didn't no say sex. nothing about Yeah, no sex, but the kissing was dope. Yep. Come on. Yeah. And the pizza was fucking garbage. Garbage. Yeah. Like, the point we would have eaten the cardboard before the pizza, I think. At the that grease point. on the cardboard yeah. would have tasted better. Yeah. It was, I don't even know how it happened so poorly. Five and a half hours. Yeah. Because literally we were sitting there, we were watching a movie or something like that. And then we well, started we talking. Well, we were watching whatever was on at yeah. two, between two or what, midnight and five, eight. Like it was midnight and five a.m. It was so retarded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something else uh, pretty amazing is happening to me in my personal life. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, somebody from my past has come full circle into my life on a different level mm. and I'm a little amazed by it and, and I'm, and I still struggle with this be nice to Sherry thing. Mm -hmm. Um, however, and I, and I don't know where this relationship is going to go, but I'm, I'm definitely trying to get everything out of this experience that I can because, mm. um, I, I want I want it to be acceptable and I want it to be a lovely thing that that lovely things happen to Sherry mm -hmm. and that she lets those things happen. 
That's and a wonderful thing. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. And and I'm struggling with the loveliness of this this relationship, but but I'm also allowing myself to let it happen. And to me that's personal growth, right? Mm. To to be worthy um allow yourself to receive some potentially potentially some love. Yeah. Yeah. And care. Mhm. Mm right? Yeah. It's fucking far out. And it's coming from a pretty far out place. Right? I've given Dave some details mm -hmm. and I don't want to get into them too much. No, no. The relationship is pretty far out. Pretty far out and it has crossed space and time and it and it might be the real real and I'm totally fucked up by that, but I don't know. Anybody new? Anybody struggling? I uh I assure you. I assure you that if you are to pick up a phone and if you are a female and you, you call a female, I assure you, you will hear some truths and uh, you will find some guidance and, and you will feel loved and you will feel absolutely loved. And, uh, and there is no greater gift that this, this mm -hmm. program can give you to just be accepted and loved. Mm -hmm. Well said. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're amazing. Thank you for asking me. Oh my God. It was a no brainer. You're welcome. Let's pee on Dave Darcy. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> it's Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts. <laughs>